my old pod people because <laughs> this is historical AF. Last week was our birthdays. This is episode 34, and we are officially old as fuck. It is true. It's just turning into dust. Mm hmm. Everything is dust. <sighs> Blowing away. <laughs> but that's okay. We were super hyper and pepped, and now we're just old and decrepit. But we are still podcasting just for you. <laughs> All this is for you. We are uh, old as fuck. Okay. I'm Natalie. <laughs> and I'm Kina, and we are a historian and a librarian bringing you the oldest fuck, funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets you never need needed in your ear holes. <laughs> Just kidding. We're fine. It's all good. It's I'm all so great. happy. I don't mind that I'm a little bit older because I celebrate every day because I'm happy to be here. I'm happy y'all are here and I'm happy to listen. And we're going to do more birthday stuff for you. Hell so, yeah. Birthdays part two. Yeah. Now we have like <laughs> uh, hair. Our hair is in a bun. But like know, old like. And whatnot. But it's okay. We're making it. We're pulling through. Yeah, I can't say anything. I've always worn my hair in a bun. And I think my first gray hair came from working at the teen center at the library. Because I remember Zeke found it and I went to work. And uh, one of the teens was like, oh my god. And then I named after named it after him. <laughs> he was very happy <laughs> Man, I've had gray hair since I was like 15 uh, I had not Is it Working with teens Gave me my first gray hair I remember my mom saying like you're too stressed Because <laughs> I always get roped into stuff like right now You know I have multiple jobs And then when I was a teen I was in orchestra I was a jazz band I was had school And I was in National Honor Society I was in drama And I had mm-hmm. like other shit in life and then and then poop gray hair and mom's like you gotta calm the fuck down and i'm like well it just happens yeah but. i think i would have rather gray hair i developed an eye twitch with my stress <laughs> especially in grad school <laughs> i was like what is this what fresh hell is this i would have rather had gray hair i actually don't mind my gray hair it's silvery and sparkly so i think mm. of them as highlights <laughs> Well, my mom has beautiful, like, silver hair. So I'm like, that's what I'm going to have. Fuck yeah, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, yes, we're excited. Last week was our birthday. We're heading We're into so December. excited. I'm still celebrating. It is holiday season. Hallmark. So, here I am. <laughs> yeah. So, whether, whatever you believe in, nothing, that's cool. You're about to celebrate Hanukkah. Awesome. If you're gearing up for Christmas, that's cool. If you're ready for Kwanzaa, hell yeah. We're here for all of it. Mm-hmm. Or Taco Tuesday. You know, Taco all's Tuesday. good. Yeah. At the library, I'm doing a holiday bingo. And the holiday bingo is going to have all holidays on the oh, sheet. Yay. So it's going to be all of the ones you just listed and mm-hmm. any weird ones. So if there's a unicorn day or a taco day, whatever <laughs> weird celebrations, like it's all going to be on that bingo sheet. Mm, St. Nicholas Day, like we just talked about last week. Yeah, that's probably going to be on there. And my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. National holiday. Twin yeah. birthdays. Woo! Anyway, let's transition into murder. My first story is about murder. Are you ready? I, I mean, I'm not surprised. Of course, murder. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what happens. What we do. I think, yeah. was it last episode? Like, the only episode we didn't have a murder? But I there think was so. a murder. 
I don't remember. <laughs> well, there was a death, but it was like a funeral. There wasn't okay, like yeah, that. Isn't nobody, yeah, yeah. It was like a natural death, so it's fine. Okay. It's fine. Anyway, it's perfectly okay. <laughs> All right. So the zodiac. So Ooh. I looked this up on dictionary.com, and it is an imaginary belt of the heavens extending about eight degrees on each side of the ecliptic. Within which are apparent paths of the sun, moon, and principal planets. It contains 12 constellations, hence the 12 divisions of the zodiac, which are the following Aries, Taurus, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. The dates listed in the newspaper horoscope that we all know and love identify when the sun appears in the particular astrological sign. For example, November 22nd through December 21st, which is our sign, Sagittarius, is where our birthdays fall. Yay! Yay! Crowds cheering. Woo, Sagittarius! For us, they're cheering for Britney Spears because she's also born on December 2nd. Probably. All these fucking memes that are coming out that are really funny that are like, you're this. All of them keep on leaving out Sagittarius. And I'm like, what, what What the hell, people? We're here. Acknowledge me. Yeah. Anyway. Sagittarius for, is awesome. Fuck them. <laughs> for shits and giggles, I found the traits of our sign according to astrology.com. <clears throat> Sagittarius <laughs> is the ninth sign of the Zodiac and is home of the wanderers of the Zodiac. It's not a mindless ramble for these folks either. Sagittarians are truth seekers, and the best way for them to do so is to hit the road, talk to others, <clears throat> podcasts, and give some <laughs> answers. <clears throat> History. Knowledge is key to these folks. History. Since, <laughs> since it fuels their broad-minded approach to life. These born with a Sagittarius zodiac sign are keenly interested in philosophy, history, and religion. And they find that these disciplines aid in their internal quest. At the end of each day, what Sagittarius wants the most is to know the meaning of life and to accomplish this while feeling free and easy. Sounds fair. That's about right. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So anywho, astrology is way more complicated than that because there's like, you know, the sun moves and every so many years, the axes, blah, 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 blah. I'll put it on the website. But this is not what my story is about because I have Morbid and we're talking about the Zodiac Killer. Yes. I was hoping yes. that's where this was going. <laughs> this SOB stalked the Northern California area from December 1968 through October 1969, where he murdered at least five people, although he claims to kill like 37. There's no proof. And then he also injured two. He taunted police and made threats through letters sent to the area newspapers from 1969 through 1974 before abruptly ceasing communication and never being heard from again. So, wild ride. Let's get ready. Okay. Strap on in. Okay. So, this is debatable, but it's possible that the Zodiac Killer's apparent first victim was an 18-year-old college student named Sherry Jo Bates. She was stabbed to death in Riverside, California in 1966. Although this murder is commonly attributed to the Zodiac Killer, some experts claim that it's not quite his MO. Soon after the murder, a local newspaper received a letter that provided details of the crime and declared that the victim was neither the first or the last. So this isn't a part of like what we know of the Zodiac Killers, but a lot of people are like, this is possibly his first one and kind of the... First taste of sending the letters in, but okay. it's still up in the air. 
The first verified attack was David Arthur Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen. The Zodiac shot and killed Faraday, who was 17 years old. So sad. And Jensen, 16, on December 20th, 1968. The high school students had been parked on the side of the road in the outskirts of Vallejo, California. The couple was discovered lying on the ground outside their bullet-ridden car. Jensen was several feet from the car, having died from five gunshot wounds in the back, and Faraday was close by, having been shot in the head at close range. He was still breathing, but sadly died en route to the hospital. Really starting out sad. Okay. Detectives (laughs) had no clues except from the fact that there had been an earlier confrontation in that area. Bill Crow and his girlfriend were parked in the exact same area as Faraday and Jensen 45 minutes earlier. They told police that someone in a white Chevy drove past them, stopped, and then backed up. Crow sped away in the opposite direction, but the Chevy ended up turning around and then followed the couple. Uh, Luckily, it couldn't keep up with him after he made a sharp right turn at an intersection. Two hunters in the area also reported seeing this white Chevy parked, and they approached the car, and then they said that they didn't see the driver inside. So, the second attack was victims Darlene Farron and Mike Maj- Mag- oh, Magal- Magal? Magal? Bless you. M-A-G-E-A-U. I've watched this movie, and I don't remember. Okay, Magal? I'm going to say that. I'm so sorry. Uh, just over six months later, on July 5th, 1969, Darlene Farron, 22, or Mike Magal, I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, 19, was parked similar to the her previous murders, Blue Rock Springs Park, and that was actually not very far from the previous killings. A man shined <laughs> a light into the car, and then they shot the couple. Farron was killed, but Mike was actually seriously injured. But he was able to give a description of the shooter to the police, saying that it was a short, heavyset white man, about 5 feet 8 inches tall, and around 195 pounds. So this was really the first kind of bit of information to try to figure out who he was. Okay. Shortly after the shootings, a man called the Vallejo police, claiming credit for them, as well as for the Faraday and Jensen killings in December. Police traced the call, and it ended up being a phone booth just blocks from the police department, but it was less than a mile from Farron's home, who was one of the victims. The caller told the police, quote, I wish to report a double murder. If you will go one mile east of Columbus Parkway to a public park, you will find the kids in a brown car. They have been shot by a 9mm Luger, 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 I don't know guns, Luger, is that right? I want to say Lug. Luger? I don't know. Ruger is my dog, but also again, Luger. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so, I'm so I'm dumb. thinking of Slug, I think. Maybe. I'm going to say Luger. And they said, also killed those kids last year. Goodbye. Okay. Following the attack on Farron and uh, Magal, the killer began sending letters to three Bay Area newspapers, the San Francisco Examiner, the San Francisco Chronicle, and the Vallejo Times Herald. He took credit for all the killings and threatened further violence. In a 1969 letter to the San Francisco Examiner, the killer identified himself as Zodiac for the first time. He also included information that proved that he was present during the murders. These letters also often contain cryptograms and ciphers, along with messages that these codes would reveal his identity to those who managed to decipher them. The letters were also accompanied by the Zodiac signature, which is the now famous symbol of a circle with a cross running through it. 
Like the fucking psychopath that he is, he demanded that the letters had to be published in the newspaper's front page by the next Friday or he would randomly kill a dozen people over the weekend. What a psychopath. Just It just escalates because he wants the yeah. attention and then he threatens violence if he doesn't get the attention. It's like friggin' man-child. Exactly. It's a total tantrum. Total it murder is. All tantrum. of this is a fucking tantrum. It's so stupid. On August 8th, though, which this is what I think is fucking awesome, a high school teacher and his wife cracked the 408 symbol cipher. So, a teacher. That's cool. They're the ones that figured it out. The last 18 letters could not be decoded, but this is the message that they deciphered. And uh, it's all capital letters, and it had a lot of typos. But here we go. Quote, I like killing people because it's so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill something. There's no punctuation, by the way. Animal of all to kill something gives me more the most thrilling experience it is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that when they die, I will be reborn in paradise. Oh, my God, the spelling's horrible. And they have been killed, will become my slaves, and I will not give you my name because I will try... Because you will try to slow down or stop my collection of slaves for my afterlife. And then this is just, it's not a word. That's fucked up. Yeah. So the typos are horrendous. There's absolutely no punctuation. And he can't spell worth a shit. I can't judge on spelling because I can't either. Like Um, paradise is P-R-A-D or P-A-R-A-D-I-C-E. (laughs) <laughs> none of this it's all so terrible so unless you're listening please don't murder me but also learn how to spell anyway <laughs> get police, <hooked> on phonics. <laughs> police were disappointed that the code didn't contain the killer's identity like he said it would some believe that the letters can be rearranged and the three more letters added to spell robert emmett the hippie but that's one of those things that nobody can actually prove but then there was a third attack. The victims were Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard. On September 27, 1969, Brian Hartnell, 20, and Cecilia Shepard, 22nd, were picnic or 22nd, 22, were picnicking near Lake Bressa in Napa, California, when they were accosted by a man wearing an executioner's mask with a circle symbol across it that I talked about with a cross in it. So this kind of shows that it's escalating. He's proudly wearing his emblem now. Just serial killers are terrifying. The man instructed Shepard to hogtie Hartnell with a piece of clothesline that he had provided her. He then tied up Shepard and said, quote, I'm going to have to stab you people. He took out a long double-edged knife and stabbed Hartnell six times and Shepard ten times. He left the couple for dead and then walked back to Hartnell's car where he wrote a symbol the circle with the cross on it and then he wrote the dates of the Vallejo attack. A fisherman nearby discovered the couple and called the police. Both victims were alive but it took over an hour to get medical help to actually arrive. Shepard died two days later but Hartnell survived and gave police a detailed account of the events and description of the attacker. At 7.40 that night, an anonymous caller contacted the Napa County Police Department and spoke in a low monotone voice to Officer David Slate and said, quote, I want to report a murder. No, a double murder. They're two miles north of a park headquarters. They were in a white Volkswagen. Carmen Gia? He ended it with, I'm the one who did it. Just as in the Vallejo case, they traced the phone call to a photo booth or phone booth 
really close to the police department. This guy's psycho. But I just hate that, like, he's calling them, but he's so close to the police department. It's kind of, like, taunting them. Yeah. Like, by the time you trace this, like, you know I'm here, but you're not going to figure out who I am. Freaking terrifying. Yeah, it's a pretty big fuck you. Yeah. You know, this guy's just toying with people at this point. The fourth attack was Paul Stein. On October 11th, 1969, cab driver Paul Stein was shot in the head by a passenger. This one's a bit different, though, because a bunch of teenagers actually witnessed the attack, and then they immediately called the police. And they actually gave a really great description of him. So their description is what contributed to the sketch of the Zodiac Killer that we have now that was on all the signs. Mm -hmm. When the police came to the crime scene to look for the killer, there was a mix-up with a police dispatcher, and they told him to look for a black suspect. Which is really fucked up because two police officers encountered and let go a white man resembling the Zodiac's description. So they literally had a conversation with the man that is the Zodiac killer. And later the Zodiac actually mentioned this mistake in a letter suggesting that the officers had talked to them for a full three minutes before letting him get away. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine me and those police officers though? Like you know that you had him. And then because somebody gave you the wrong information, you let him go. And then he's just out there. Like, uh, the guilt, the guilt would be so bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not their fault because they were given the wrong information. But in hindsight, I'm sure they feel terrible. Well, yeah, because the murder is following that. And then he mm-hmm. taunts them, just throws it back in their face. It just, yeah. I feel so bad. I feel so guilty. So terrible. On October 22nd, a caller identifying himself as a Zodiac contacted the Oakland Police Department and demanded on-air time with Jen Dunbar, which was a television talk show with Ethley Bailey, or Melvin Belly, famous for being uh, really popular defense lawyers. So, I think it's Belly, Belly, I don't know. I'm going to say Belly because Belly sounds like, you know, body part. (laughs) Belly appeared on the show and, and got a call that was supposedly from the Zodiac said that his real name was Sam and asked for this lawyer to like, meet him in Dolly City. They agreed, but the caller never showed. It was later determined that the call actually came from an imposter, which is a mental patient at the Napa State Hospital. This is kind of the first of the copycats and people taking credit, which also throws a wrench in the figuring out who the fuck it is, because if everybody's claiming to be him, you're not going to figure it out. Yeah. It's I am Sparta. Yeah. On November 8th and 9th, the Chronicle received a letter from the Zodiac on each day. The first was a 340-character cipher. The second included a seven-page letter, which included some of the stuff I mentioned him taking um, credit for all the murders and saying that the police had actually stopped him and talked to him for three minutes after he shot Stein. He also included a drawing of a, quote, death machine, which was basically a bomb that he said that he was going to blow up buses, which I wasn't aware that he was threatening bombings. I know I've heard the story a lot, but I wasn't sure of that. On December 20th, he sent that lawyer a Christmas card that included a piece Ooh. of Stein's shirt, which was bloodied, which kind of proved that it was him because he was on scene. And then he claimed that he wanted help from the lawyer, ending it with, quote, please help me. I can't remain in control for much longer, end quote. Bali attempted to get to the Zodiac to contact him again, but nothing happened. Some speculate that the card was written during a moment of clarity, like he really wanted help. But a lot of people think it's just another hoax to get attention. Which, Probably. If he's a psychopath, that's most likely what happened. Or even if um, he had a moment of clarity, like, like that mm. would last very long. It's true. He's like a cat playing with a toy, like a mouse. He's, he's 
I don't think he has any remorse. People like that don't have remorse. They have no empathy. This one's a little debatable, but on the evening of March 22nd, 1970, Kathleen Johns was eight months pregnant and she was on her way to meet her mother. She had her 10-month-old daughter in the backseat of her car while on Highway 132 in San... Oh, crap. Joaquin? Joaquin? Joaquin. Why can't I say that? Joaquin? Like Joaquin? Joaquin? Yeah. County west of Modesto, John pulled over after a driver came up alongside her and indicated that something was wrong with her car. This is my worst fucking nightmare. The driver pulled over and told Johns that her wheel was wobbling and he said that he would tighten the wheel bolts and, you know, to help her out. But instead he loosened them. So when she returned to her car and drove off, the wheels fucking fell off. This is goddamn terrifying. The man in the car was not far ahead. He backed up and offered Johns a ride to the gas station. Christ. People do this. Don't get in the car, people. Don't do it. She agreed, but she became very frightened when he failed to stop at several gas stations. Oh, my God. The ride took over three hours, and she described it as a silent, aimless driving around. She escaped with her child when the driver stopped at an intersection. Johns fled across a field and hid until she saw the man drive away. It passed her by, took her to the police station, where she saw a wanted poster with a composite sketch of the Zodiac and said the image of the man who kidnapped her was the Zodiac Killer. And then her car was later found gutted and burned. Which is fucking terrifying. But then <laughs> some people are like, she's lying. Because they said over the years her account actually changed from that night. And then everything changed from the original statement. And they question her story. But everything I've ever heard about human, like every memory we have changes with time. So even yes. if you do witness something, it's going to be different years from then so i don't well, not even just years but minute to minute after it happens because you perceive things differently yeah so however and, you would like it yeah and everybody sees things differently i i have facial blindness so like if i i'm looking at you, i know who you are but if i'm not looking at you i can't describe what you look like i don't see your face in my head it's very mm-hmm. weird especially for an artist to be <laughs> facial blind but, like, I got mugged once, and I couldn't tell the cops details because I just couldn't see it, and they thought I was lying. So I kind of understand, like, if you can't remember certain things. Oh, yeah. I know I would not. Even if I could see it, I know I wouldn't be able to describe accurately mm. what someone looked like. Like It's hard to do to recall and, like, well, did they have blue eyes or mm. were they brown? Because it was kind of dark. or You know, it's hard to remember that kind of stuff. Yeah. You're not looking for it. You're in the moment. You're scared. Yeah. In the decades since the Zodiac's final murder that they've actually, you know, Stein was the last one that they were like, that was absolutely him. A number of killings have actually been linked to the Zodiac, but none of them have been confirmed. At one point, the Zodiac claimed to have killed 37 people, according to CNN. That number has never been verified. Um, A lot of people speculate that he was just taking credit for things that were happening. Yeah. Um, So a lot of people, especially police, believe that the killing stopped in 1969, but the letters actually continued until 1974. So he was continuously taunting the police. If I went through all the letters, (laughs) this segment would be like hours long. So I'm going to put links to all the letters where you can see everything that happened between 1969 and 1974. But for the sake of time of this episode, I'm not going to put them on here. But they're really interesting. He's taking credit for bombings, abductions, shootings, and... There's a lot of skepticism of whether some of these are real or not. And there's a lot of accusations of that people that worked at some of these newspapers actually faked some of these. So it's really interesting because 
we know nobody knows who the Zodiac Killer is. So there's a lot of, lot of theories. So when it comes to like who the fuck is the Zodiac Killer, the theories get fucking wild because <laughs> <laughs> they're just, they're just all over the place. Oh, wait, I was going to say this first. Okay, so some of these letters get fucking wild because one of them, he like sends in a letter bitching about the movie Badlands, and he said it's fucking horrible. And then another letter says that, quote, The Exorcist was the best satirical comedy I have ever seen. Why? Like, I I don't understand. But anyway, so there's over 2,500 suspects, which to me is wild to think that they (laughs) thought of that many people. But nobody's ever been charged, obviously. Detectives are continuously receiving phone calls, even today. Like tips, theories, speculations. A lot of notable suspects. Theories range from plausible things to fucking bananas like the Unabomber. Some people thought he was it. And then some people claim Charles Manson, which also crazy. (laughs) And one of my favorites I saw was that he moved to Scotland and committed murders there. But we're finding happiness and giving up his wicked ways. Okay, that's like the most outrageous of them all. I know. My my favorite is that it's Ted Cruz, but that's just me. But he he wasn't born yet, but it's still funny. <laughs> anyway, so it the is most- amusing, but I think that might be a step too far. I don't like because that that's that shit's too scary, too real. It's true. Well, I remember he tweeted the Zodiac cipher as a joke for something. Oh, then no, yeah, no, fuck that guy. He deserved it. Then never mind. Yeah, yeah, he, he is. Was- <laughs> some of the most notable suspects is arthur lee allen he was a political cartoonist who worked for the san francisco chronicle when the murders began in the late 60s and a lot of people allege that he is a zodiac there's a number of factors that place allen under suspicion for example on the day of the zodiac's third attack in lake Beresa, allen said he was going scuba diving in that lake he came back covered in blood and a bearing a knife because you remember he actually stabbed those victims. A friend mm-hmm. of Alan said that he heard Alan refer to himself as a Zodiac. And when police searched Alan's trailer, they found bloody knives, sexual objects, and dissected animals. Which is a sign of serial killers, if we remember. And then in a later search, they found homemade bombs. Alan was jailed for child molestation starting in 1974, which happened to be when the Zodiac litter stopped. So that's that's one of the ones I personally think maybe be it definitely high possibility yes i'm not quite sure with all that evidence why nobody's arrested him for that but i think there were some other circumstances like maybe it didn't line up with the other ones oh. earl van best jr is another suspect gary l stewart wrote a book arguing that the zodiac killer was his father he said that he bears a striking resemblance to the police sketch a number of letters in his name coincides with the Zodiac ciphers. So this kid's writing a book, but it might just be a marketing ploy to make money. So yeah. it's hard to tell. Lawrence Kane K lived near where the victims lived and died. And the sister of one of the victims claimed that he had been bothering her sister for weeks before she was murdered. One of the cops who encountered the man who may have been the Zodiac following Paul Stein's murder also said that Cain bore a resemblance to the man he had seen on the streets or shortly after the killing. So it's kind of like Jack the Ripper. Like all of these kind of make sense. And then you just don't know who it is. Uh, Louis Myers is another man that came forward in 2014. 
The revealed that his friend Louis Myers had confessed to being the killer before his death in 2002. Certain events in Myers' history match up with some of the Zodiac events. Like with Alan and Van Bess, there's no conclusive proof. The thing that I find interesting is that this got like a renewed burst of attention in 2018 when the Golden State Killer was uh, caught by DNA evidence. So once that happened, everybody, all the police stations started submitting DNA evidence back into these genetic profiles to try to see if maybe they can catch catch a killer as well. Everybody's kind of holding their breath, crossing their fingers, hoping that genetics kind of pulls through. Yeah. Catches this guy. So they've resubmitted all the DNA evidence and they're just waiting. So DNA's coming for you, you son of a bitch, if you're still alive. <laughs> With our luck, he won't be. Yeah, but even if he's not, there's still like closure. Yeah, to just families. to know. Mm-hmm. I would like to know. I think, especially if you had family that died from this, I think there's some sort of like peace of knowing who actually did it. And yeah. So hopefully, 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 somebody's going to take a DNA 23 me and be like, oh, fuck, I'm related to the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. I took my DNA test, apparently. I'm not related to any killers yet, so sadly. I would be proud if I caught one. Like, I'm the one that took you down. Fuck you. That's true, yeah. I'm I'm not happy that I'm related to you, but I'm glad I... Maybe save some people or protected mm-hmm. or gave closure, you know, either yeah. direction. Absolutely. So you have some funny to uh, bring us up from all this slaughter and stabbing? Yeah, but that wasn't as morbid as he would. Maybe it's just how you read it. I don't know. Yeah. Is, I didn't go plus into it is like, fascinating. It is. I didn't go into like excruciating detail just for time's sake, but yeah, yeah they were. Uh, but there's a lot of movies and shows. Hello, and I friends. Think, like, every it is that time of year. It is so holiday season. It is birthday. So I definitely recommend following up on it. And you know what makes but an amazing gift? Definitely. Wine. Great mystery. And there is no the better world. wine than Wink <laughs> Wine Club. I mean, I know everybody has been at the wine aisle at your local store and this enormous selection of wines, and you don't know what one to choose, and you don't know what you're doing. So go to Wink Wine Club. Take their flavor palette quiz and they will tell you based on what you like. Do you like chocolate? Cool. You like fruit? You like earthy things? They're going to be like, dude, this is the wine you should try. And you know what? They sent me four bottles in my box based on my quiz. And it was four different kinds that I've never tried before. And I absolutely love them. But it really just expands your horizons. And whenever you get your wine in, you get emails about recipes to pair it with. And I have been having so much fun pairing wine with foods because a lot of wines bring out the flavor in foods. And if you're a foodie like me, it just really elevates your food experience. So I highly, highly recommend. And right now, Wink is offering our listeners, that is you, $22 off your first order when you go to trywink.com slash historical AF. And it gets even better. Oh my God. Everybody hates paying for shipping. That's a given. So Wink is going to pay for the shipping on orders of four bottles or more. Are you... I mean, this is just so good. Too good to give up. So let's take something off your to-do list and your holiday shopping list and go to trywink.com slash historical AF to get $22 off your first order right now. 
That's trywink.com slash historical AF. So this week I have funny and I thought it would be cool to find funny birthday stories that people have posted. (laughs) What I did not realize is how hard it is to find that. Oh, yeah. People don't post what's funny. They post that my dad ran over my cat or my dad (laughs) left the family the day before my birthday or Meemaw died or... (laughs) My foot got, I got mugged. You know, there's always something. Yeah. I'm like, people, where's the funny stories? I found a few. Some are borderline bad birthday stuff, but kind of you can laugh at it a little bit. Or <laughs> embarrassing, so. Yeah. These I just found actually on really random. So I'm just reading this to you. One, one person said, this is an embarrassing birthday, and it said, I threw up in a ball pit at the party place on my fifth birthday. <laughs> that would be pretty bad. Up checking yeah. in the ball pit. That's disgusting. Oh, I wasn't allowed in the ball pit because I was always tall, and they always thought I was older than I was, so they told me I couldn't be in it. <laughs> I was very bitter. <laughs> Next up is, on my 22nd birthday, my boyfriend at the time was cooking me dinner. He started a large kitchen fire. Oh, no. (laughs) The fire extinguisher had to be used, ruining all the food in the process. Later that night, he accidentally punched my kid. And they put it in parentheses, like, it wasn't hard. It was more like, I think he was roughhousing, and the kid kind of bumped into him. And anyways, it wasn't bad. It wasn't aggressive. It was just an accident. And (laughs) But then later, that guy also broke a glass of broke a glass of red wine all over the white carpet. Man, that guy needs to just be in like a glass a or bubble. A, like a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. It was by far the most memorable bir- memorable birthday to date. And it but it was certainly a recipe for disaster at every turn, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless. I'm like thank you person to cuz at least, <laughs> you know, you got to laugh at it at, at some point. You got to laugh or cry. That's true. Next up is during my 16th birthday, I had, okay, this one, this one made me laugh. I feel bad for this person, but this made me laugh. During my 16th birthday, I had whooping cough. Aww. My parents still wanted to have a party, but obviously I couldn't be around. So I stayed in the basement as my family had a party upstairs. (laughs) They put a piece of cake at the top of the stairs for me. Oh, no. I I laughed at this one. I mean, I feel bad about it, but I'm just picturing someone like they they're too embarrassed of to come from the basement and they're just stuck down there and they're just going to leave a little piece of cake for them on the top of the stairs. I love those stories of like little shit kids that do something stupid and mouth their parents and they're like, all right, you're grounded. We're going to have the party without you. And then they eat all their cake. I'm like, I support those mm-hmm. parenting win. <laughs> Next is when I was seven, my brother tried slamming my face into my cake, (laughs) but missed the cake and literally just slammed my face against the table. Oh, no. I started crying and I got blood all over my cake. This happened when I like that. Okay, so this happened and, you know, face got planted into the table. I guess it doesn't say what the injury was, but I assumed like a nosebleed or something or a split lip. (laughs) Yeah. And 
you know, bleeding all over cake. But the lesson was not learned. This happened again when the kid was nine. <laughs> oh, no. This is, this is a shitty brother. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. On my 10th birthday, my mom got me a piñata. My best friend was trying to hit the piñata. And on his backswing, he clocked me right right in the forehead. <laughs> and on, on his forward swing, he broke open the piñata. And, of course, all of my friends saw the candy and immediately rushed in while I was just laying on the ground bleeding with a huge <laughs> gash on my eyebrow. And I had to go to the hospital and get five stitches. Oh, no. But I just love that, like, this kid is swinging at the pinata, knocks a kid out, and but no one sees it. Just someone's <laughs> just laying on the ground. <laughs> I believe it. That was the best stories i read that were actually kind of funny mm-hmm. a lot were depressing and i just did not want to do that but i found a few birthday memes because i love memes oh yeah that aren't too bad like i can tell you them and they will still be funny versus you have to see them so yeah. i like to think that in the future like hundreds of years from now like memes will be some sort of historical document of like how we oh, yeah. and that's how, that's what selfies are yeah historical. I love memes, and I, I I really wonder if this is going to be a thing that, like, what the <laughs> fuck did they do? <laughs> Why would you do this? Putting words on a picture. So the first, uh, I only have three. I only have a few. So the first one is, it's Bob Ross, and he's <laughs> painting. Yeah, he's painting one of one of his beautiful mountain, snowy, scenic things, and it says, "We'll put a happy little birthday over there." Aww, he's so wholesome. Mm-hmm. This little pet squirrel and happy little trees. Mm-hmm. And a happy little birthday. Yeah. Next up is this. I feel sorry for whoever school picture they used. But it is a school picture of a kid, probably around 11-ish. And they have a hard mohawk. It's a girl. <laughs> And uh, not a mohawk, excuse me, mullet. Oh, business in the front, party in the back. Oh yeah, there's a lot of party and a lot of business <laughs> happening here. And they've got that those really thick owl glasses. Oh, that's a and look. The meme says, "I hope your birthday is as awesome as your hair in high school." Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yep. Lastly, is the dude, <gasps> the big Lebowski, dude. and he's wearing his classic robe, and he's got holding up his glass. I assume it's a white Russian, and he's ready to cheer you on. And it says, "Don't worry about getting older. You're still gonna do dumb stuff, only slower." <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't change. You, shit don't change. You're just doing a little bit slower. Oh, that's the most real thing we've said all night. That's what I thought. That's why I saved it for last. I'm like, that is truth. <laughs> that is, that is uh, that's, that's what needs to be in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh, I got a good chuckle out of that. All right. My last story is spooky. And I have to say, finding a birthday spooky story was quite difficult because if you search, like, ghost birthdays or haunting birthdays apparently 
haunted birthday parties are like the new jam. Oh, so, yeah. Like, or ghost birthday. It was very difficult. So. Oh, yeah, because I love those like Lego ghost things they got going. Yeah. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. You build them and then you use your phone and you find ghosties. So it yes. does not surprise me that haunted parties are the shit right now. Yes. So. Right. Sorry, go on. This is a very loosely based story here, but <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> According to a local myth, a deep south plantation is home to multiple murders and other tales of great suffering, inspiring ghost sightings that continue this very day. So, more murder. Yay! Murder! Yay! So, this is the haunted history of the Myrtle's Plantation. (laughs) The Myrtle Plantation is in St. Francisville, Louisiana, and has witnessed over 200 years of history in the deepest parts of the deep south. And with handprints on mirrors, footsteps on stairs, mysterious smells, vanishing objects, death by poison, hangings, murders, and gunfire, it is allegedly haunted as hell. So, according to American Hauntings, their website says that the history of the plantation is filled with death, tragedy, and despair, which I would argue aren't all fucking plantations filled with death, tragedy, and despair because they're fucking plantations, but I digress. (laughs) little mini rant i enjoy it yeah mini rant he had slaves you're fucking tragic hate people trying to be like oh these are beautiful wonderful uh no tragic move on all right (laughs) let's not sugarcoat any of this history but anyway the myrtle plantation started out as a piece of land purchased by david bradford who is a general of the american revolutionary war he built the house in 1796 and named it Laurel Grove after fleeing the Whiskey Rebellion of 1791 through 94. And uh, he built this house because it was in the Spanish colony. Legend has it that George Washington himself placed a price on his head for his role in said rebellion. At this time, he left his family in some non-disclosed location and then came down to Louisiana until he was pardoned by President John Adams in 1799. And then he was like, hey, fam, come down here. We have a plantation. Quick little origin story there. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, ghosts. The first is the legend of Chloe. As the popular story goes, Clark Woodruff was known as a honest man, yet he had one fatal flaw, his insatiable appetite for the sex. (laughs) It wasn't long before he focused his attention on one of his slave girls on the plantation, Chloe. The young girl knew that refusing his advances would not be wise, so she she immediately be punished by working long hours under the blistering sun or even worse. So not having much choice in the matter, she began sexual relationship with Woodruff Woodruff that lasted a few years, which was the fate of so many slave women, which is just horrific. Worrying that Woodruff's wife would find out and punish her, Chloe began eavesdropping on the family's conversations. One day, Woodruff caught her listening and ordered that her ear to be cut off for punishment. From then on, she was forced to wear a turban to cover her disfigured ear. Yeah, it doesn't get it's not great. Uh, I, I hate that you like you just started the story and it's already <laughs> so bad. Oh my God. 
there's a silver lining at the end about this. Okay. Okay. Thank Understandably, you. Chloe wanted revenge. And one night when the family was about to sit down for dinner, Woodruff was away. Chloe allegedly slipped a bit of poison into the older daughter's birthday cake. This is oh, where the birthday no. comes in. And then within days, the wife and two of the children were dead. The other slaves, afraid that Woodruff would find out about what Chloe did, when he returned, took the matters into their own hands. Allegedly, they grabbed Chloe and hung her from a nearby tree. When she finally died, they cut her body down and threw it into a river. I'm trying to say that really fast because it's awful. Uh, according to the legend, Chloe's spirit lives on and haunts the plantation. However, the story wouldn't actually become widespread until decades later. Hmm. So it says a website. They called it the Death Trail. And I thought it was funny. So the Death Trail continues. <laughs> In 1834, Rodriff sold the plantation to Rough and Grace Sterling. He not only remodeled the house, but he renamed it after the crepe myrtle trees that grew on the property. So that's when it became the Myrtle Plantation. Okay. Uh, Sterling completed the mansion in grandeur that we see today. It has a 125-foot-long veranda that's noted for its ornamental ironwork. The entrance foyer contains some of the finest examples of faux bois, and pierced freeze work in existence today. The French chandelier is a Baccarat crystal and weighs more than 300 pounds, which seems a lot. The stained <laughs> glass entrance original to the house was hand-painted, etched in pattern after the French cross to ward off evil, which doesn't seem to be helping. But anyway, four years after completing this project, he died of consumption. <laughs> In other words, he died. He did. He died. He did. Oh. Also known as tuberculosis. He left a lot of his holdings to the care of his wife, Mary Cobb, which I found funny in one article said that she was referred to as a remarkable woman. And other plantation owners stated, they're very patronizing about it, but they said, uh, quote, she had the business acumen of a man, which apparently was high praise for a woman at that time. And she managed to run all the farms single-handedly for many years but then you know or you know civil war happened and uh didn't bode well for plantations it uh, wreaked havoc on the family their personal belongings were looted and destroyed by the union soldiers and all the wealth they had was gone because the confederate currency you know what's that like bomb sound just imagine that exploded yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> But during this time, she hired William Drew Winter, who happened to be the husband of her daughter, Sarah Mulford, to act as her agent and attorney and then help manage these lands. And as part of the deal, she said, you help me, you get the land when I die. So she did. And then he takes over. And then in 1871, an unnamed man shot Winter in the chest as he was exiting the house. He allegedly ran back into the house and stumbled on the stairs before dying in the arms of his wife, Sarah. So he dead too. <laughs> All these yeah. homeowners are dropping like flies. <laughs> so then after this, this plantation passed through a lot of different hands. And it wasn't until much later that unnatural occurrences started happening at this plantation. So, paranormal activity begins. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> In the 1970s, a plantation was purchased by the Myers family, and it had a reputation as being a haunted house. The family opened the plantation as a bed and breakfast, but it didn't take long for strange things to start taking place to people that visited. 
For starters, guests at the plantation reported hearing strange noise noises. Others saw ghostly apparitions. <laughs> noise. <laughs> Sorry, it was funny. <laughs> Others saw ghostly apparitions, and they often saw a young girl wearing a turban. Oh, oh snap. Many suggested that this is the spirit of Chloe, which at this point had become a full-blown local legend. But in 1992, the owner of the Myrtles plantation supposedly caught her on film. That year, she took a photo of the property to get an insurance policy of the house. The photo was quickly forgotten about until three years later when the researcher asked to use it for a postcard. After blowing it up, they allegedly noticed a figure of what appeared to be a young girl. And I'm sending it to you right now. Cool. It's in between the houses. So it looks like somebody peeking around that corner. Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh, God, I hate, I hate these pictures. Like, I always have mixed feelings about them. Yeah. It does. It looks like a creeper is about to come out between the houses. Mm-hmm. According to the owner, there was nobody in that area that day because they knew they were taking photos, so nobody was staying there or anything. Mm. Other ghost sightings at the plantation include a vengeful ghost of the abused girls. Some people claim to see young girls in old-style clothing in the windows. Others say that they've caught glimpses of Woodruff's children appearing in the mirror near the room where they died, so big nope on that. God, ghost kids or what? No. No, 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 no. It's like... (laughs) Um, I, know, I don't even like living children. <laughs> That's true. They suck enough. You don't need dead ones, too. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking terrifying. Worse yet, <laughs> according to another local legend, Myrtle's plantation was actually built on top of an Indian burial ground. So, another trope that we've talked about. A lot of people are like, oh, obviously. A lot of people say they've seen William Winter, the man that we know was killed on, you know, somebody shot him and he ran inside. According to the story, Winter's ghost relives his last moments by loudly staggering through the house entrance and running up the stairs to the 17th step where he allegedly met his end. Some people even claim that they've caught the ghost on film. Although some of these photos are undeniably spooky, they are very grainy and a lot of people will say, you know, it's not very authentic because it could be literally anything. So. (laughs) That's true. Here's one with burst your bubbles. Oh, that's what I do. (laughs) So a lot of them sound really scary, but uh, a lot of them are true because Chloe didn't exist. Any historical record shows that Woodruff's wife and children didn't die from poison. They died of fucking yellow fever because that's what everybody was dropping dead from. So there's actual historical record that they died of yellow fever, not poison. There's also no records that they had a slave girl named Chloe at that time at all. That didn't happen. So can't be sad about the ear thing. She didn't exist. Silver lining. There you go. So people that say at least 10 murders happened there, but there doesn't seem to be any historical evidence out of that either. In the 1950s, the Myrtles was owned by a wealthy widow named Marjorie Munson. She had asked if the mansion was haunted, and she said a lot of people around the town told her the legend of Chloe. But according to the granddaughter of Harrison and Fanny Williams, her aunts used to talk about a ghost of an old woman who haunted the Myrtles. They often laughed about it, and it became a family story. Regardless, someone repeated the story of the family ghost around town and just kind of spread. Frances Meyer claimed that she encountered a ghost in a green turban in 1987. She was asleep in one of the downstairs bedrooms when she was awakened suddenly by a black woman wearing a green turban and a long dress. 
She was standing silently beside the bed, holding a candlestick in her hand. She was so real that the candle even gave off a soft glow. Knowing nothing about ghosts, Myers was terrified and pulled the covers over her head and started screaming, which is exactly what I would do. I <laughs> know. <laughs> ghost, person, does not matter. If someone is standing over me when I'm asleep, I'm going to freak the fuck out. You should do what Luciana said. Just fake snoring until you snore yourself to sleep. <laughs> I don't think I do that. I don't think either. She then slowly peeked out, which she should never do. And then a hand reached out and touched her. No. 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 I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Oh, my God. And then she said to her amazement after she touched the woman, the apparition vanished. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm going to have such bad nightmares tonight. Yeah, it's like almost midnight. We're both going to (laughs) have... No. It's, it's midnight. Mm-hmm. I'm sleeping with the lights on. <laughs> the infamous staircase where people say they hear the phantom's footsteps and then William Winter dying in the arms of his true love. Unfortunately, that never happened either because Winter died on his front porch and there's historical documents that prove that as well. So, of course, something this old, 200 years old, there's going to be a lot of legends. I mean, that's obvious. There's legends that say that Union soldiers were killed in the house after they broke in and attempted to loot the place. That's also been proven to be untrue. Um, people say that they're, after they died, there was blood stains on the floor and they refused to be wiped away. But that's also not true because restoration efforts would show if there was blood, you know, on those surfaces. There was also another legend that a caretaker of the house was killed during a robbery. Again, no records exist of this crime. So there's nothing to say that the Myrtle Plantation is not haunted. In fact, most people believe that it actually is. They're just saying all these legends that are spreading across the internet are not true. Which, shocker, everything on the internet is not true. Not always true. There we go. Some of it is true. No, not always true. true. Everything on the internet is true. <laughs> there's also been many reports of children, which I've also said a big nope on that. They've been seen playing on the veranda in the hallways and in many of the rooms. The small, a small boy and a girl, which are thought to be the Woodruff children. While they were not poisoned, they did die within months of each other of yellow fever. So a lot of people think that they're still playing in the house. A young girl with long curly hair and wearing an ankle length dress has been seen floating outside the window of a game room, cupping her hands, trying to peer inside the class. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I don't need anybody floating outside my window. No. The grand piano on the first floor is said to play by itself, usually repeating the same chord over and over again. Sometimes it continues throughout the night, which also just rude. How that just sounds sleep? annoying. Yeah. Like, you can at least play a melody. Thank you very much. <laughs> and apparently, every time somebody comes into the room to investigate, the music stops. And then it will start immediately after they leave. Oh, no. That's, again, that's something that would creep the creep me out so bad. <laughs> Just walk down the end. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that no. sounds like... That happens... Who does that? Insidious and the, those creators that does Annabelle and all those. That's something that they would do. Mm-hmm. And every they have mastered scary movies because those are the only ones that really terrify me. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, no, I'd get the fuck out. This one cracked yes. me up. 
One employee was hired to greet guests at the front gate each day. One day while he was at work, a woman in a white, old-fashioned dress walked through the gate without speaking to him. She strolled up to the front of the house, vanished in the front door without ever opening it. The gateman quit his job and never came back, <laughs> which is Smart the appropriate man. response. Smart yeah. man. <laughs> Says tons of people have filed strange reports about the house. Recently, various owners have taken advantage of this infamous reputation and they've opened the whole plantation up for ghost tours and they've turned it into a haunted bed and breakfast rooms are rented in the house and in cottages on the grounds the plantation has played host to a wide variety of guests from curiosity seekers to historians to ghost hunters and over the years a number of films and documentaries have been shot on the ground and uh, a lot of them have been in paranormal in nature so i think pretty much every ghost hunter ever has had an episode on this so uh, basically, there's no way to know. Is it haunted? I don't know. You should go there and stay there because uh, it's a hotel. So go there. Let me know how it goes. Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I think this is one where I'm like, I can't go there. I can be skeptical at most of them, but that's too close to my true nightmares. <laughs> yeah. I think I like this ghost story because a lot of the things aside was like, oh, well, this is a story. And then I found some other ones were like, well, here's the facts. So I thought it was pretty cool that... A lot of the legends are proven wrong, but there's still some that are not proven wrong. It's very up in the air of what is true or not. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's pretty much every ghost story. I want to believe, but I've yet to find proof. (laughs) I don't know. What makes me a little bit more believable on this one is the security guard guy or Mm -hmm. the gate man. Like, to witness that and be like, nope, and just leave it the next day? I can believe that. I, okay, because that's during the day or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. He's awake and aware. Um, yeah. Waking up from sleep and you see that, okay, you could still be dreaming or having stuff. That doesn't mean it doesn't creep me out, because that is my nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I would not enjoy that. But yeah. I would still be skeptical of that. Yeah. And if you go to the Myrtle Plantation website, they post pictures of these supposed ghosts Ooh. like they're running with it i uh i respect that but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's questionable it's also it's too late all right y'all it's midnight and keena's telling these fucking creepy ass stories <laughs> right now i'm in no mood to be on a potentially haunted mm-hmm. plantation that's I not know. Normally, I'm more like game, but right now I'm like, mm, it's really late and it's dark. <laughs> yeah. We literally just had a birthday. We're not ruining this now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, thank you guys for listening on our birthday part two episode. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, you know the drill. If you want more content, extra episodes, book chats deleted scenes bloopers etc etc join patreon it's patreon.com slash historical i don't know i whisper that every time now just i don't know it's just kind of fun to go into a whisper (laughs) it sounds so like mysterious and majestic yeah it's a lot of fun you should do it peer pressure do it and if that peer pressure whispering did not work then you may use coffee buy us a coffee because it's the holiday season and it's midnight when apparently we need to wake the fuck up because there's creepy ghosts oh my god yeah i'm scared now 
I don't, I don't, I don't want to. I'm still like not convinced this house isn't haunted. You know, all those movies were like, you're in here for a little bit, and then it just automatically, boom, demon. So I'm still scared. I've only been here 10 months. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to tempt it. But anyway, coffee. It's ko-fi.com slash historical AF pod. Yep, you can just donate. It's basically just a donation. You can donate whatever you feel like without any kind of commitment or pressure. It's all good. No commitment at all. Just fund, fuel this podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything helps. But even if you can't spend any money, just, you know, share our podcast. Tell people about it. Like our shit. Review our shit. Yeah, review it on iTunes. That helps a ton. Because, you know, we're not visible unless the gods of iTunes are pleased. (laughs) (laughs) They're never pleased. (laughs) They're never pleased. I can can sacrifice a piece of cake (laughs) in my mouth. Yum, cake. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, the other stuff we have. Oh, what was that? Something popped. Oh, my God. I'm so jumpy. I thought right it was now. you. I thought you bumped your mic or something. Or... No, that wasn't me. Uh... Whatever, it's... Keenan. I don't blame you. <laughs> no, it's not me. It wasn't a dog either. Uh... <laughs> no, and me. I don't know what it is. I'm scared now. Okay, oh my anyway. gosh. Uh, send us our, your listener stories. <laughs> <laughs> I guess let's wrap it up so you can go crawl in bed with Zeke and the pups. <laughs> yeah, then we can haunt him. Although we were at the Crescent and I woke up like in a panic because I thought something woke me up. And then he was just snoring around like, wake up! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. What was that? There's nothing in here. Maybe it was a can. I Delayed so. pop. Anyway, yeah. Listener stories. Anything. Literally anything. Hometown, family history, your history, something you like, legends, tradition, funny. funny. Or, yeah. Literally anything. That's historicalafpod at gmail.com. Yep. And of course, you can feel free to submit any questions and check out our social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, historical AF pod, you know, like you do. And we put all kinds of funny stuff on there. We let you know when we have sales on our merch. We let you uh, give you amazing historical memes. Amazing. And, and of course, Mad Libs and just whatever, whatever junk's happening, whatever we feel like, whatever Keenan feels like, all that kind of fun stuff. Yep, yep. And, of course, our merch. Like I said, we announce sales on our social media, but we have amazing merch. If you love us so much and want, like, a quote that we have or our logo, we can put that on a mug. We can put that on a mason jar. We've got shirts and we've got fanny packs. Why are those in? I don't know. But if you need one, (laughs) you want one, you got them. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Fanny packs. God. But if you want artsy stuff, we sell artsy stuff now directly mm. to you from our website. Abs- yep. Check, Check that out. out. And uh, we do all kinds of personalized stuff, whatever you need, whatever you got. And uh, just ask ask away and we'll, we'll get that to you. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. That's all we're going to do because we need to get the fuck to sleep. And forget that all this ghost shit happened. Exactly. I'm like, I need to watch something funny. 
I need to watch <laughs> I need to eat a snack because I haven't had dinner and I need to just like not think about ghost ladies standing over me with a candle and then touching me. Oh my god. Yeah, no thanks. I don't, I don't want to watch this tomorrow when I'm editing and see some ghost lady behind us and then panic again. At least at least do it during the day. It's true. <laughs> don't do it at midnight. I tell you, sometimes I like edit and I hear people talking that I remember you live in an apartment and it's probably your yeah, neighbors, yeah. but I'm like, I'm just This one should be mostly quiet. I've only heard a couple of bumps from yeah, upstairs. Sometimes I freak myself out and I'm like, no. I don't want it. <laughs> well, I, I like sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. I, like- I have someone living above me and then ne- the very next wall mm-hmm. over there is somebody too. So yeah. I'm sandwiched. <laughs> and someone's a- a below me too. I'm right in the middle. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think I heard people. I heard a puppy, but I didn't hear people. I don't even have a dog and I hear dogs. <laughs> it's okay. We need to get to sleep. We need yeah. to eat food, but thank you all for listening, and I hope you're still listening at this point. If you are, very good job. Take a <laughs> shot, because you deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. And, <laughs> and uh, bye, Zies. Bye. Happy birthday. To us. <laughs> Last week. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>